Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. Great to be with you today. I, and as I'm recording this, hypothetically, we're almost a month into spring, but it snowed here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin last night, and there were schools closed all around me, and two, to, two days ago, it was 80 degrees, so I don't even know what to think right now. So we're just going to not think about that, and we're going to focus on what we're going to talk about in this podcast. So here we are. We are just kind of, we've, we've gone through, yeah, did you guys know this podcast has been going on for over four years now? In my Facebook feed, I just got a, you know how they show you the memories or whatever? The memory came up and it was from four years ago when this show, which was formerly known as Jesus Never Ran, came up on what, what at the time was known as iTunes, is now known as Apple Podcasts, in their new and noteworthy six, section under spirituality. And, uh, and it was fun to think about that. Like, that just feels like so long ago. And here we are four years later. And we've had such incredible conversations about so many topics. It's fun to just look back over the archives and think about all of the things that we've talked about. Have also had such a great opportunity to talk to so many fascinating and, and wonderful people. Everything from people that most people know to people who most of you have never heard of before. And the cool thing is that the the most downloaded podcast ever on in those last four years is from a, a, a woman who's a pastor out in California, and she's never written a book. She doesn't have any sort of, you know, name recognition behind her. And to me... The reason I love that is because, I mean, it, it because all, it, it's because all of us matter, right? All of our voices matter. And so you might think, oh, when N.T. Wright was on the show or Clay, Shane Claiborne or Brian McLaren, that's, that's when the numbers are going to be huge. But I love that the numbers have been the biggest when a pastor by the name of Sharon Henry from California, who pastors this small church out in California, that she's the one who most of you have listened to more than anybody else. To me, that 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 just gives me like, oh, it just makes me smile. And she's been holding, she was, she had that, the hold on that since, boy, I'll have to get her on the show again. I, I reached out to her not too long ago saying, Sharon, we got to get you back on the show again because you're like royalty on this podcast because you've been holding down the top slot for over a year now, which is just, uh, I love it. So I'm going to get Sharon back on the show. And and she, she said she'd be on the show and we just haven't made a lineup yet. So I'm going to do that. Sharon, if you're listening, I'm going to reach out to you soon. We're going to get you back on the show because you are somebody so special. Okay, I digress. So it's just been a fun last four years and we're going to keep this thing rocking into the future. And and um, But here's, here's where I want the focus to change is I want us to, you know, I, for me, when I started this podcast, it was all about just talking to just fascinating people. And I still love doing that. Um, and so we talked to a lot of people who have books coming out and people who are doing great things. And I love that. And I love to hear about projects that pe people are working on. But the thing that I've really been mulling over recently is this idea or this thought of disconnection. 
it feels to me as I've been just pondering and kind of meditating a little bit on this concept, seems to me that this is a space that we really need to do some work on. And I think if we can work on connection, that maybe we will be able to tackle some of these big issues that our world has in beautiful ways, but also in very practical ways. The reality in our world is most people at least most people that I run into and most people I hear from and hear about, most people are feeling disconnected in three ways. They're feeling disconnected from themselves. So many people just don't know who, you know, have you ever heard somebody say, I just don't know who I am. I don't, I just don't know what I should be doing in this world. So many people my age, I'm in my mid forties, like how many people have I talked to who are just having like a crisis because they feel like they've been in a career field that doesn't match who they are. Right. Um, And even saying that word, like, who am I? There's a lot of people making a lot of money trying to help people center themselves and figure out who they are, right? And so I definitely sense that there's a a disconnect in this world uh, uh, with ourselves. Like, we feel disconnected from ourselves. And so I want to spend some time in this podcast moving forward talking about that. The second thing that I want to talk about is a disconnection from one another, and there's a lot of reasons I think that has happened, but I want to explore that a little bit more. As a middle-aged man, this is arguably one of the biggest challenges most of us middle-aged men face is this feeling of, you know, here we are in, our, in the middle of our life looking back wondering why we don't have any friends, right? Like people have, again, there's books written on that exact subject. And so there's, there's a truth, but, but it's not just guys, it's not just men. It just feels like in general, we as a society, we as a world are struggling to connect with one another. So I want to send, spend some space there as we move forward in this podcast. And then the final thing is it seems to me that a lot of people are feeling disconnected from God. A lot of people who used to feel very connected to God are now feeling disconnected as if they just can't get their footing or they just can't find uh, anything that's working or, or anything that makes them feel like one with God, if you know what I mean. So instead of like, so moving forward, some of the process and as as I'm lining up some guests for the next several months, the thought that's going through my mind is, and it's not that we won't talk about people's projects and books and podcasts. Well, yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. That's always interesting. But more than focus on the topic of their project or their book, I will bring them on the podcast to talk at least on some level about this disconnection that we're feeling. And we're not going to get goofy about it, but we are going to focus a lot on it because I think if we can manage to get more connected, we will be able to do the healing work that this world needs. So let's, let's break these all apart just a little bit. Okay. When, for those of you who list, who are listening, who have struggled with church, which I'm guessing is the vast majority of you from those who I hear from, I know that most of you have either stopped going to church or you're going to church, but you're really struggling with it. You're just wondering what's next, whatever the case may be. For those of you who are in that space, and I'll include myself in this space because I, for 40 some years of my life, went to church and now I'm at this place where I don't regularly go to church. That doesn't mean I won't step foot into a church. I certainly will, but I don't have like a regular church that I go to all the time. 
when we had that, so for most of my life, what I had is I had at least the concept of built-in connection, right? This concept of a built-in space where I could connect with myself. So there was a lot of sermons and a lot of talk about, you know, being a better form of myself. There was obviously a built-in connection with other human beings, you know, every single week, at least once a week, in my case, often more than that. At, at least once a week, though, you're connecting with human beings. You're coming into a building and you're talking to people. Now, those conversations may, I don't know, whatever your story is, they could have had whatever level of depth they have. Sometimes it's just the small talk in the, you know, before you go into the sanctuary. Other times it's like real meaningful conversations, right? So, but that was built into our, our, our regular routine, our regular rhythm of life. There was always going to be that Sunday morning connection time with other humans. And in the same way, there was always going to be some regular, at least once a week, some sort of connection point with God, at least a, a perceived connection point with God, where we were going to focus at least for an hour a week on connecting with God. So for many of us, that has unraveled beneath our feet, right? That has that crumbled beneath our feet. The foundation seems a little bit rocked. This thing that used to bring so much connection now for many of us has, has brought hurt, brought um, uh, just this, a, a feeling of like, what now, right? And so that's kind of the, sp- I mean, millions of people are leaving the church every single year millions of people. And so we're moving into the space where we need to, at least many of us may need to redefine how we do this. And so let's, let's start with the connection point with ourselves. The, like I said, when, when I was going to church, I definitely felt like there was a constant reminder that I have to be working on myself. However, what I'll say is this, most of that work that I was encouraged to do was to find sin issues in my life and root them out, right? That's one thing that I was encouraged to do. The other thing I was encouraged to do is to get out there and tell people about who Jesus is, right? So both of those things, both of them lack a little bit of authenticity and health. <laughs> Let's say that, okay? Because if we're constantly focused on the negative in ourselves, then that could be a problem. And also if we're constantly focused on, you know, just getting out there and doing, 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 that can be problematic and can lead to a lot of burnout, which it has in a lot of people's lives. And so when we're talking about connection with ourselves, boy, there's a there's a real I found that there's this real benefit and I'm not saying this is the answer. I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't be a part of a local church or a local faith gathering. I'm, what I am saying, though, is there's a benefit from having some space away from there. Because in that space, there's expectations that you're released from. There's a lot of expectations that you're released from when you no longer have the pressures to keep up with the understanding of what is right and what is wrong in context of that organization. And so what this has allowed me to do is to really spend some time asking that question, you know, and I, I was an organized ministry within the context of the, of, of churches and, and ministry spaces for 18 years. And so I was asking the question of, you know, who am I apart from that being my identity? Who am I apart from being chaplain, apart from being pastor, apart from being the musician in the church or whatever, you know, who am I? Because I gave so, I, I put so much of my identity 
into the church. And some of that was good. Some of it was really toxic. Just like if we, you know, those of you listening who have kids, if we put our identity in our kids, okay, there's a piece of that that you could say is healthy, but there's probably a bigger piece of that that will tear you apart and become very toxic in your life because then how your kids go is how you go, right? So if you're putting your identity in the church, then how the church goes is how you go. And then when you're disconnected from that, then you feel lost. Did any of you experience that who have walked away from church? You felt lost. And I know for me, there was a time when it felt very freeing to have my Sunday mornings to myself. But then I also felt like, oh, who am I now? Who am I? And I I had all these questions like, will I ever speak in front of people anymore? Will I ever have a voice anymore? Will I ever get to do what I enjoy doing anymore? And I found the answer to all those questions to be yes, but I didn't know it at the time. And I felt so like disconnected on the inside. And, And I had to do a lot of work. And that work has involved a lot of people, counselors, books, journaling, meditation, and it's at times been really great and at times been really hard. But all that to say, if you're listening to this today, having those questions like, who am I apart from this thing that I used to be a part of, just it's it's going to take some time. It took some time to get you to the place where you felt like your identity was built into that. It's going to take a lot of time to to get to that place where you can find your identity apart from that. And what I'll say is when you can find your identity apart from that, likely what you're going to find is a really true and authentic form of yourself because it's not skewed by a certain way of having to be. Now, the, the church isn't the only space that gives you a certain way of how to be, right? Your workplace could be giving you that right now. Your neighborhood could be giving you that right now. Your family could be giving you that right now. And so on some level, it's, you know, it, here's, a, here's a way to say it. On some level, we have to disconnect in order to connect. We have to disconnect from those toxic ways of, of identity so that we can connect with true and real forms of, of our own identity. And again, I'm not going to try to roll this all out in one podcast here. This is just a conversation that I want to enter into as we move forward in this podcast of how can we better find our identity truly within ourselves so that that identity out into the world can be more meaningful. And here's where the work, here's where some of this work that I've done has been, I'll just say harmful. There's a lot of books, podcasts, things like that that are out there that are talking about this exact issue about, about connecting with yourself in meaningful ways. A lot of those focus so much on the inward, which we have to right, And, and kind of do that at the expense of the outward. I would say that as people of faith, our true authentic, pure identity should flow out into this world in beautiful ways. And so if we do that work and on the way to do that healthy work of becoming who we want to be or who we should be or who we just truly are, if we do that at the expense of the people around us, especially at the expense of the people around us who we care for the most, that's that's just going to create a different sense of toxicity in our lives. <laughs> and so we may, we may feel like we've made some movement forward in this space of identity, true identity, but we may have lost ground in the space of connection with other people. So let's just go there, right? So let's go into that space next. The other thing that feels really disconnected in this world is just our, our connection with one another. There's, 
there's so many reasons that this is true. Number one, we live, for those of us who listen to this in America, but even in those who listen in Europe, I would say that there's a certain standard that's there as well, that we live in a, a me-first culture, right? We live in a culture where we're encouraged to, to go get it. We're encouraged to be the best. We're encouraged to get to the top. We're in all, you know, even in the church settings, you know, that was true as well. And so that's, that's the first thing I'll say, that we just are in this culture that is very much more focused on the success of me and less focused on the success of we. And I bring this back, and you've probably heard of me talk about this before, and I've written about this a little bit as well, but the Bishop Desmond Tutu, he has this great... The, this is this is a great thing that he brings up in some of his writings and some of his talks where he said in, in the space in Africa where he grew up, there's a word and it's called it Ubuntu. And what that word meant is how are we doing? And so if you come up to somebody in America, the, the most common thing that you're going to say is, hey, how are you doing? Right. It's about you in, in Desmond Tutu's revelation of what he grew up into the question would have been ubuntu how are we doing it's very different right that question is very different so we live in this culture that's a how are you doing culture not a how are we doing culture but i i'm pretty confident that what jesus brought into this world is a how are we doing mentality not a how am i doing mentality it should be noted that the first thing that he did when he entered into his what we'll call his ministry years is he gathered a bunch of people. He got a we together, so he wasn't doing this thing all by himself. So that's that's number one. The second thing that I will say is that, um, again, going back to this reality that many of us have felt disconnected from the church or the organized religion. So we, we feel disconnected from that, but we still desire this connection with God. Now, it was built in, right? Like we already talked about. It was built in. We could go to church and we could be around other people and we could have these conversations. Now that doesn't exist. And uh, so you, you partner that with the culture that we live in and you have to be pretty intentional in order to make community work in your normal everyday life. I've talked to so many people and I've been in this space before. I remember when I was having a really hard time, I was pretty upset because I felt like nobody was reaching out to me. <laughs> like for a while, there was like, you ever notice that like when things go really bad, people show up and that's awesome, right? But then like a week goes by and everybody's back to normal and you're sitting here still like struggling, right? And I remember I was having a pity party in my own life and I was just like, oh, I haven't heard from any, any of my friends in like a month. <laughs> well, that's because I didn't tell them that I was struggling. You know, I may have told them I was struggling a month ago. They probably assume that I'm doing better now because Matt gets back up on his horse pretty quickly in normal everyday life. And so I say that to simply say that community and togetherness, connection with other humans takes intention. And we can't, in the culture that we live in, in this fast-paced world that we live in, we can't expect that people are going to reach out to us when we want them to reach out to us. And so we have to we have to swallow our pride and not be afraid to say, hey, so and so, I I just need somebody to talk to this week. Can we get together? <laughs> hey, friends, I don't know if you're feeling this, but I feel like we haven't gotten together in a while. Can we get together and I'll host dinner. We can do it at my house or let's go out to this place or that place or can we come over to your house? You know, be that person who's willing to be intentional. And so 
when I had, I mean, that was a revelation that I had. I literally had that happen where I had this pity party about nobody reaching out to me. And then, and then I brought it up to my wife and she's like, Hey, maybe actually you should do something about that ex- instead of expecting them to do something about it. And I was like, Oh, I hate that, but you're right. And so then I really, from that time forward, you know, anytime I have those thoughts in my mind, it's like, well, you know what? I can reach out to people if I'm desiring that sense of community. Now, um, I am a person I'll just be like full disclosure here. I'm a person that doesn't feel a need to connect with other humans as much as a lot of other people do because I'm kind of introverted. Um, I like my alone time. It's not that I don't like being around people, but compared to the average person, I would say I feel less of a need for that. That being said, um, because of that, I spent some time trying to figure out if I need people (laughs) at all. And I'm being a little, you know, I'm joking a little bit. Right. But on some level, I was like, you know, how much do I really need people? How, how far can I go with just kind of living life on my own? And what I discovered is as, as much as I'm a person who likes my alone time, as much as I'm a person who doesn't feel this, this need every single day to connect with other human beings, I did discover that it's absolutely necessary even in my life, even in the most introverted person's life, connection to other humans is vital. And we can pretend in our dark times or in our pity party spaces that we don't need it. But I'm telling you, and, and if I was, if, if anybody could have figured out if it was possible to live without other people in their lives, I think I could have done it. But I found out that that couldn't be any farther from the truth. And now I, I consider myself just so blessed and so thankful to have the human beings in my life that I do. Uh, and I value them so much. But I had to be very intentional about finding them because when I disconnected from church community in my specific situation, like I lost all my friends. <laughs> they were all kind of a, not all of them. I didn't lose all of them. I lost a big chunk of them. The cool thing is exactly what I just said and and corrected myself there is I actually didn't lose all of them. The people that were the closest to me and have mattered the most to me in my entire life have always been there. But I go back to this point. We feel disconnected because we're not doing the work to be connected to other human beings. We're prioritizing other things and we're not spending enough time with each other. And when we don't spend enough time with each other, and then we get in our heads and we feel disconnected. We feel disconnected from the world as a whole. And we're still coming down off of this pandemic thing where we were widely, just wildly disconnected from one another. All right. So, I mean, those are just some of the things that are rattling around in my head of why I think that we're, we're disconnected from each other. And then the last thing is a lot of us feel, have feel or have felt disconnected from God. I think the reason for this, here's what I think the primary reason for this is we all, those of us who were church going folk or still are church going people, um, you know, we had this understanding of a specific way that connecting with God could look, right? So, number one, as I already mentioned a bunch of times, connecting with God can look like going to church and listening to somebody talk about God and singing about God. And that's a point where for an hour, an hour and a half every single week, we have this time when we're connecting with God in that way. So, in, in a lot of our minds, it's like that's just what connecting with God looks like. The other thing that we're encouraged to do is read our Bible, right? Reading our Bible is a good way to, to connect with God. But man, I've run into so many people and I was in this space as well of where the Bible actually became something so toxic that there had to at least be a season where it had to sit 
and just had to sit down had to take a seat and not be open for a while because it was, it was just too hard. It was too hard because of the story that a lot of us have lived and that being at the center of that story. And so maybe, um, for some of us, like the Bible isn't as central as it once was in our life. And so that maybe makes us feel a little bit disconnected. And, you know, maybe prayer is a part of that where we feel a little disconnected because we're trying to figure out prayer in our own life. Um, you know, at small groups, things like that, these things that we used to think like, Hey, these are just the ways that we connect with God. Those things, at least at some point became harsh, hard hard, harsh, hurtful, toxic, you, whatever were, I mean, all of our stories are unique, right? And so you fill in the blank for that. And so these ways that used to feel so natural and so meaningful now suddenly brought with them some hurt. And so we were less likely to want to connect with God in those ways for so many people that I've talked to, or that I've heard from for so many of us, we haven't replaced those things. We haven't replaced those things. We haven't replaced the church gathering. We haven't replaced reading the Bible. We haven't replaced our, our normal prayer times or, or whatever, you, or our small groups, right? We've just tried to go on living life without those things. But I don't think, I'll just speak from my own experience that if I'm not intentional, trying and say, I guess this is the same conversation about connecting with one another, right? And it's the same with any of this disconnection conversation. If you're not intentional about it, it will not happen naturally. And so when I stepped away from church, I had to, and this took a number of years, just so we're clear, it didn't happen overnight. I had to come up with new ways that worked for me to connect with God. And I've come up with a, a lot of different ways that I like to do that. And so some things are new to me. Some ways that I connect to God are things that I've never, never done before. Other ways that I connect with God were being brave enough. I think that's a fair word. Being brave enough to re-engage in some spaces that had some hurt attached to them. So I have some new things that I do, some new ways that I journal, some new ways that I connect with God when I'm in nature, um, some new, um, just, just a lot of beautiful new spaces, that, uh, some new ways that I deal with my emotions and connect with God in those spaces. And then the other thing that I've done and this, this, though the finding the new stuff was fun for me cause I love new. Right. Um, but again, I was doing that to replace old things that I wasn't doing anymore. But then the hard work for me started when I, when I decided, Hey, you know what? Past situations don't get to take something good away from me. Does that make sense? And so just cause I maybe had a hurtful scenario that involved the church doesn't mean that scenario or the people that were involved in those scenario in, in that scenario get to take organized church away from me moving into the future. Like if I want to re-engage in that, I needed to find a way to do that where I could move into it in a healthy way. In the same way, just because prayer was attached to that and I, I felt like I kind of got away from prayer for a while, like in the way that I used to do it, like that situation, those people don't get to take that away from me moving forward, right? Same with music or worship or, you know, fill in the blank. And so, um, and so this connection with God piece, I had to be really brave and, I think it if I think it started with prayer and I've I've shared a little bit with this on the podcast but I just I started praying again. 
started just seeing how that felt. And then I started praying with my wife again, which is something we didn't do for a long time. Um, and we used to do it all the time. And now we, we do it all the time again, which is pretty amazing. But I, I, man, I can't tell you how, <laughs> and there was like when, when Susie and I started praying together again, there's a lot of times where I just had to tell her like, yeah, we're praying together, but you're doing the praying because this is, this is still really hard for me. I don't, I don't feel like I know what I'm doing here. Um, felt like a fish out of water, you know, and before it used to feel so natural, right? So you have to be brave enough to step back into those spaces and then be brave. And, you know, I had to be brave enough. And this is my story. This doesn't have to be your story, but I, I chose to be brave enough to step back in, into church spaces again. Um, felt comfortable just going back and, and, and within a context, you know, there's certain spaces I feel more comfortable than other spaces, but getting to the place where now comfortable enough that I'm even holding a gathering. Susie and I are holding a gathering called the chapel once a month. It's not every week, but it's, you know, and to take that step was a, a real act of bravery. But what it's helped me to do is it helped, it's helped me to kind of re-engage, re-engage and reconnect with God. And so now I honestly feel like I'm at a place where, I guess what I'll say is this, uh, and I don't hear this as a, as a Matt arrived statement. Here, this is a Matt has been doing a lot of hard work for a lot of years now. I feel at this stage of my life that I probably feel more connected to God than than probably I ever have in my life. And now that's hard to say for sure because I can't put myself back, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But it feels good, and it feels—I'll say—it feels pretty healthy. And it hasn't always, <laughs> but right now it ha- it does. And I think that's because of putting in new ways of connecting with God and also um, being, being willing to go back to ways I used to connect with God and finding a freshness to them. And I will also say that my connection to other human beings, now I am not the connection to humans human beings guru by any, by any means necessary. Those of you who are listening to this, who are close to me know exactly what I mean. But what I will say is the connection that I do have to the people around me, to my family, to my close friends, to people I find myself in connection with on a regular basis, whether that's in work scenarios or in just social space, like the connection that I have with other human beings is the, the most healthy it's ever been. I, I rare, I rarely find myself trying to pretend to be somebody that I'm not when I'm with other people. And that's not, that's not perfect because it's, there's definitely times when I still do that. But I used to live a life where I just felt like I was whoever I needed to be because of who I was in front of. And it never felt all that authentic, rarely felt all that authentic. And now I feel like I'm trying to bring like actually my real self into, into most conversations or most scenarios in my life. And then finally, you know, and again, a work in progress, but I feel like over the last few years and man, this is, this has been the hardest work. You know, I feel like most connected myself, um, than I ever have. And more, I, maybe, maybe I'll say it this way. I feel more honest with myself, more aware of my reality, <laughs> the good and the bad than I ever have, where I, I think there's just parts of, you know, all of us, there's parts of us that will just always be right. Ever notice that you, if you're married, you get in the same fights and you always have, and you always will, you know, same thing within yourself. Like you'll have the same success and the same struggle over and over and over. They just show up in different packages. And so I think maybe what I'm saying is that I'm just really aware of those things and I'm not afraid to admit them (laughs) if it's to the right people.
So anyway, that's just a little bit of my thoughts uh, regarding this idea of disconnection. And I want us to spend some time in here as we as we go through the upcoming months and upcoming space where we move forward with this podcast and with this work that I'm doing and this work that we're truly doing together of how do we do a better job of connecting, connecting to ourselves, connecting to each other and connecting to God. And how can we challenge one another to move forward in all three of these ways. Thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for all of you who have been with me for however long or however short. I mean, it's been a four-year journey. That's pretty, that's pretty trippy to think about. And there hasn't been a single week that there hasn't been a podcast put out in those four years. And that was the goal, is just to be consistent with this thing. And so thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under my name, Matt Kinzera. Uh, you can also find this show, Chasing Goodness, on Facebook. A reminder, that book is available. Bring it home is available for purchase on Amazon. Otherwise, you can go to the website. That will get you directly to where you need to go. The website's just mattkinzera.com. And until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together.